we collect three to four billion talent signals in the platform. That number is so large that if you were to spread it out over each second, it's 30 years of data. It's a crazy large number. But machine learning can look at that and in a millisecond, find the patterns that you're looking for and apply it to what you want in, in, in a heartbeat. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. This is Ben Eubanks, host of HR Tech Talks, and We Are Only Human. Today's episode of We're Only Human is a replay of a new episode that just went live this week on the HR Tech Talks live stream show. If you don't watch that, you don't catch that, it happens over on LinkedIn. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you will probably get notified if you check out the episodes. They normally go live on Mondays at 11 Central or 9 a.m. Pacific time. That's noon Eastern. I'm trying to get all the time zones in here. So if you want to check out those episodes, I normally talk to different providers in the HR technology space across town acquisition, compensation, benefits, learning, performance, pretty much anything you can imagine that touches on the employee life cycle, employee well-being. It's just, it's a big, big net there. I have conversations every week, pretty much with these leaders. We dive into the things they're doing, how they're serving customers, how they're helping to create a better workplace. Honestly, I started the show because I wanted a chance to talk to different companies. And I honestly do that a lot in the work that I do day to day. I have these amazing discussions. I get to hear behind the scenes kind of stuff and really dive into the fun things that are these companies are doing to create better workplaces, to enable us as talent and HR professionals to be more capable, more productive, more valuable to the people and to the business. These conversations are incredible. They're a ton of fun. I learn something every time. So today's podcast interview is a replay because some of my good friends over at Phenom are doing a new event this week called AI Day. They're diving into the nuts and bolts of artificial intelligence, how it works, what what it brings in terms of value. And this conversation around AI is one that I'm really passionate about. If you know anything about me, I've literally written the book called Artificial Intelligence for HR. I have a big passion for this, but I'm also, I get worn down a little bit. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of people that try to overcomplicate it. There's a lot of people that think it's going to be the end of everything. And none of those things are quite true. There's a little bit of truth in all of those things we need to be cautious about, things we need to be aware of. But the truth is AI has the opportunity to create the environment around us that makes work more human. As strange and paradoxical as that sounds, I've said that phrase probably a hundred times in the last couple of months, but technology can make things more human because it understands and dives into the details of people. And I'll get into that in the episode. Actually, I'll talk about an experiment we ran where we were able to prove that. So today I'm talking to Cliff Yurkevich. We're talking about what's going on, this AI conversation. We're going to dive into their events. If you want to go register, you're welcome to ai.phenom.com. So you'll hear me give that some kudos because I've never seen another provider in the HR technology space. Many of them 
have some machine learning or have something in their product that touches on that. But many of them are quiet about it or on the opposite of the spectrum, they talk about it like it's the only thing that matters. And the truth is sometimes AI isn't the solution, which maybe sounds strange come from me, but that's the truth. I think it has a lot of potential and I think it's already delivering value. As you'll hear in some of the stories that Cliff shares, it's already delivering real value for real companies, companies that we know and love and trust like new old brands who does Rubbermaid and all those other products like Southwest Airlines and some of these other companies we all know, we appreciate. You don't know and realize probably that they're using that in their hiring to create a better experience, to bring in the best people. They're using that to create an internal marketplace for talent so they can tap into those great people again and again and again and keep them engaged and excited and productive and retained within the business. All those things that matter to us more now than ever. So I'll stop talking. I'll jump into this conversation with Cliff. I know you'll enjoy it. And again, if you want to go and sign up for their event, they are limiting the number of people who can get in. They're going to make some amazing announcements there. They let me see behind the scenes. I am not allowed to even share a peep about what those are, but there are some pretty incredible things. I don't care if you're at a large company, if you're at a small company, they have something special to announce. So go check it out, ai.phenom.com. You can register there for free and tell them that I sent you. Just kidding. I don't really care if you tell them. I just want you to go check it out because I think it's going to make you better. It's going to make the profession better. And maybe it'll entice you enough to go check out that, that book that your friend wrote called a artificial intelligence for HR as the new edition comes out in January. I'm super, so pumped about it. And I'll be talking more about it in the coming months. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day and enjoy this episode with Cliff from Phenom. So today I'm talking to someone from the team over at Phenom. We're talking about AI and the work that's going on there. They have a really big event coming up that is honestly a first in the entire universe of HR technology companies I've ever run across. They're actually hosting an event just to talk about AI. I don't want to steal too much of a thunder, so I'll hold off on any more insight into that. I'll let Cliff share some of those things with us. But Phenom is actually an HR tech award winner from our program that we run. And so they're doing great things. They actually were the first company to win an award for AI applications in our awards program. So just to give you some insight, they have some credibility as a company and Cliff has some credibility. This was the VP of Global Strategy there. He has some credibility as well. And again, he's a phenomenal, nice guy, just does, does great work. I'm so excited to have him. So without any further ado, I'm gonna bring Cliff into the conversation. Welcome, sir, glad to have you. Good to, good to be here, Ben, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we dive into some of the fun stuff, I'd love for you to take a minute or two and tell the audience a little more about who you are and what you do, sir. Sure. So uh, again, uh, my name is Cliff Yurkevich and, and I've been with Phenom for quite a while. I was actually employee 21 in the States here. And right now I'm heading up strategy for Phenom. And, and really what that means for me is helping our uh, clients and, and potential clients really understand how our technology, what we bring to the table and the capabilities and features can help them transform their organizations from a talent acquisition and talent retention standpoint. So what is different about us? That's, what, that's how we like to position it. What makes us different and, and how do we, what lens are we using to, to really solve problems with that? That's what my day in and day out job is to solve problems. And I get to work with our really great clients on that. And so it's a, a very, it's a dream position for me to be in because I get to use all these awesome skills that I have and background as a technologist and a creative director, a musician and a pilot. All of these things come into play in these conversations in terms of how we attack these issues. 
That's really fun. And again, I, I had such a joy getting to meet you in person and talk about all these interests and all these different things and how they layer together and create this opportunity for you to bring that creativity to work. So that's so much fun. I'm really excited because we're here today chatting about AI and some other things, but specifically because there's an upcoming event that Phenom's hosting. And I'd love for you to tell us why in the world they've decided to do this, because I said, I it's my job to cover the technology market, to keep track of what's going on in the space. I've never seen anyone do this. I'd love to hear from you. We're really excited about this. And so one of the things that we've seen in the marketplace over the last probably 18 months in particular, just with COVID, really was this big accelerant for us as to how technology is becoming more important, not to necessarily replace what humans do. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's how do we augment them and make them more efficient, give them access to tools to help them sort through these this massive data that that is coming into organizations. So we recognize that outside of Phenom and our clients is looking at this space. There's a lot of misconceptions about how AI works just in general. What does it mean in this space to use artificial intelligence and machine learning? And machine learning is just a really fancy way of saying pattern matching, but at this massive scale. And it can be really intimidating. So we looked at this. And so December 9th, next week, we're having this AI day. You know, please go and, and register to attend it. It's free to do that. And what we're going to do is it's not a sales event. We're not looking to sell our products or, or anything. We really want to create uh, a knowledge around how AI and machine learning can be leveraged in this space in really smart ways. It, we want to remove the mystery. It isn't intimidating once you understand how it works and then really provide some practical application. How are our customers using it and how are they being successful to really solve and tackle the problems that exist in, in talent acquisition and retention? So well, one of the things I wanted to ask you is, so that's, that's the thing that brought us here, but I'm going to ask you some questions and drill down into this, if you're okay with that, because I want to dive deeper and pull back the, the layers a little bit, because as you said, there's misconceptions. People are people hear things in the news, and those may not be accurate for the work we do in the HR space. Or, hey, this company tried this and they, it didn't work out, and it turns out they tried to build it themselves, which is generally a bad idea. So, a couple of things I want to ask you about: putting myself in the shoes of the people listening right now. So, HR leaders, VPs of talent, people who are in charge of making all these decisions around hiring and engagement and retention and all those little levers they can pull. If I'm one of those leaders and I'm listening to this conversation around AI, do I need to be thinking about this differently when I'm building a business case or trying to bring this to my leadership for investment? Should we be thinking about something with, with AI in it differently than I should, a legacy piece of technology? Is it the same? Is it different? I'd, I'd love to hear from you because I, I don't know what you're going to answer to this. Honestly, I have no idea, but I'm curious what your perspective is on that. Sure. From my perspective, and I'll offer this really is, is my opinion, but it really is based on the, my years of experience in, in working in this domain and building software in general. There is a very distinct difference between what we'll call the legacy systems mm -hmm. that have been used over the last 30 years in your ATSs and HCMs. And there's certainly a place today for those technologies. However, the way that I would describe it, as, especially if you're a leader and you're trying to get your organization to evolve in their thinking and really that we talk about transformation and it is it's a very simple visualization today ATSs and HCMs are at the center of the HRIS tech stack right everything is flowing in and out of it if you just visually move that ATS HCM just skew it off to the side and put experience and engagement driven by AI and ML in the middle 
it changes everything because then that becomes the center of your world to really think about how are we first delivering experience and engagement and AI plays an enormous part in personalization and then attaching yourself to an ATS and HCM, those systems of process and record, which again, today are needed. Something you and I talked about with the future holds for that is quite interesting, but for the, at least the next decade, that's going to be the standard that we live with, but literally moving it out of the core and, and it's let it do what it was designed to do, which is really store a record and manage a process. And the difference between a legacy system and something like a phenom platform is that we are built for that evolution. And, and so a lot of the legacy systems are built on older frameworks, literally older languages, .NET frameworks and, and, and things of that nature. Whereas is phenom is built on a more modern, it, like it's very adaptable to the data sciences end of this and the ability to not just be static in that, but to evolve it over time. And I'll give you a really short story. It just talks about how we look at things. And when I first started at Phenom about six years ago, we had built a version of our, we then had called it talent relationship management. Now it's called talent experience management because it's much wider and deeper, but we had built a version of the platform and it was built on a language that we thought was going to work. And we quickly realized that it, it wouldn't. So we scrapped it right in the middle and we rebuilt it again. Uh, and, and this is all trying to, we're trying to acquire time, you know, clients and deliver on, on the, the platform features and functions that, that we had sold, but you have to be willing to look at even how you build things so that you can evolve. And I would say it this way, we look at it as if your data, I'll say it in a positive statement, data collection must be evolved. So experiences can evolve. And that's a really important way of looking because this is all about data. It really is. And so, yes, there is a huge difference in the legacy systems versus a more modern platform. Awesome. Well, I don't remember if we told, but we talked about this story again. We, we keep referencing the, the time we had together, but it sticks out because I haven't met that many people in person this year. So it's I keep referring back to it. But I don't remember if we talked about this, or I don't think I've talked about it on the show either. So if people listening into this, they've listened to the show for a while, you haven't heard this story, but we ran an experiment about 18 months ago to try to test out algorithms against human capabilities to see which one could solve some problems better. And when it came to identifying issues at a very personalized level, and that's why I brought this up, Cliff, because you're talking about the ability for these AI tools to really deeply personalize an experience around someone. So it's not the peanut butter spread, everybody gets the same thing, but Cliff, we know this about you, so you're getting this experience, but Ben, we know this about you, so you're getting this experience. Being able to tailor that, we found that the technology, the algorithms, the AI, machine learning, whatever you want to call it, those things are so much better than us at being able to do that. That doesn't mean we don't have work to do. Right? Someone's still got to execute on other things. Someone's still got to hire that person and spend time with that person and onboard that person. We have other things we have to take care of, but to let those be the entry point, as you were saying, let those be the, the front door, the opportunity to really connect and engage with somebody. The, the data we have, the evidence we have, indicates that's the best way to do it. It's so much more personalized, individualized, connected to that person's that's, anyway, sorry, I'm getting all, getting all excited about this and I'm like getting flustered. That's, we see the data points that out. So I just wanted to back that up, what you were saying there really validate, like we're seeing that it's not just a, a big vision or whatever else, because you are a vision guy. You love to look at the future, what's possible, but these things are possible now, today. 
Yeah, I, I think when you talk about data, the first thing that comes to mind and in, in, uh, is just explaining how it works so that people can then draw the conclusion, okay, that's why these automations, this is why machine learning is so important in my space when you talk about these big data sets. And when, one of the things we'll talk about for AI Day with Phenom uh, on December 9th really is taking it right back to the raw basics. Like why are these technologies, why do they exist? And it really is to look at this machine learning component of it, which is again, just, it's just pattern matching, but at a scale that human beings could not process that much data that quickly. Like we can, in, on our platform, last year alone, we collect three to 4 billion different, we call them talent signals in the platform. That number is so large that, that if you were to spread it out over time, you're talking about if it were a minute and a day, it's 30 years of data. Like it's a crazy large number, but machine learning can look at that. And in a millisecond, find the patterns that you're looking for and apply it to what you want in, in, in a heartbeat. So there is, and I think everyone does understand that, but what they, what there is a failure to recognize is how the matching itself works. Like, how are we matching patterns? And the way that patterns get matched in the system isn't, in, in our example, we'll talk about job personalization, right? A candidate or an employee to a future role. And, and we're using a job description to help do that. But the way that this works is pretty complex, but I'll try to simplify. The candidate is compared to every candidate we've ever seen. And it's looking, it's not just looking at their profile, it's looking at every profile of any human being that has ever had similar or the same experiences, skills, job titles, worked in a location, went to a school, got a, a degree in X or a certification in X and says, okay, what does success look like for that individual? And does, it does the same thing for a job based on the job description. We're looking in our database, it's 400 million jobs that we're looking at and trying to find the pattern. And then you combine those two patterns first to say, this is what a good match looks like. And then you apply that to a person. And so it is so deep that a human being would take years to do one person. And we're doing this across an enterprise. And I think of a company like DHL with 750,000 employees, you know, that, that are using our platform or a, a Southwest airlines with 70,000 employees that have just really unique skill sets, these knowledge workers, Kohl's or a Whole Foods where you've got that frontline worker and you're doing high volume hiring. They're all unique situations. So the point here is that one pattern won't work. One workflow won't work. One configuration won't work. So you, not only does the machine learning have to have a huge data set to work with, it also has the flexibility to be able to configure that story, that personalization at the person level, at the job, at the department, in a vertical, in an industry, like it is extraordinarily complex, but we simplify that. So it's a simplification of that maze. And that's what, to your point, allows recruiters to actually love their job again, because they're not managing software systems, they're managing relationships. Because we answer the question about the technical fit, the skill fit, the competency fit, all those questions get answered. Now it is you're spending your time talking about attitude, aptitude, culture, diversity and inclusion. These are things that human beings are better at. There is no algorithm today that can determine 
a good culture fit. There, it's, it just doesn't exist. Human beings are really good at that. If we can get them past the technical fit, does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm thinking about, I love the example because this is one that everybody out there listening to this that has ever had that stack of resumes understands the pain of solving that problem and how valuable that can be. Can you give me a couple other examples of things, of ways that the algorithms are fitting into the overall platform? Because I know that the work that Phenom does stretches from that earliest touch point with the candidates. Hey, I'm the, the Phenom bot, I think it is, right? All, all the way through to I'm working here and I'm looking for employee resource group. I'm looking for refer someone else to a job or I'm looking for the next step for me in terms of mobility. There's all these things across that spectrum. Can you give us another example beyond the job matching one? Because I think most people... I love the the description you gave around that so they understand how that works because it's it feels like magical, mystical stuff normally. We'll talk about it. So you made it very clear, as clear as we can be. Give me another example, though, if you don't mind, of other another area in the product where this is helping people to, to save me some time as a recruiter or an HR leader or helping in that experience for an employee to get a better and more tailored uh, interaction. Yeah, so I've got a really good one. And I think from an interview scheduling standpoint, the, this is where our AI-based interview scheduling has, has been really tremendously helpful to every client that's using it. To the point we, one of our clients saved 24,000 hours last year using our interview scheduling. Their recruiters are spending 56 to 60% of their day managing interview scheduling. It is a crazy amount of time, right? So you're talking about as much as let's say, four and a half hours out of an, a, a seven or eight hour workday, just managing that flow. If you, so if you can replace that with automation and you have to think about every use case there, it's a, it's a one person to interview a group or a group of people interviewing one person and managing all of their calendars and their changes. Somebody gets sick or a meeting comes up and being able to not just manage the scheduling of the interview, but all of the email communication that goes back and forth and or text, because we, we do this through SMS as well, be able to communicate using the tools that that the enterprise uses as well as the employee or the candidate. So it can't just be, again, it's not just one way of doing it. But when you solve for all of these nuanced use cases, there are, and by the way, there are no edge cases in interview scheduling. Every use case is a, it will happen in an enterprise. So you have to plan for that. You have to design your artificial intelligence to be able to manage that. Once you do that and you go to a leader and you say, I'm going to give you two and a half days per week back to your recruiters to do other things, to do human things. What would you do with that time? Would you be interested in that? And so this, one of our clients is th that did this, took that two and a half days per week. And even through COVID, they started doing online events and they started doing different campaigns. So they were doing human outreach and they were able to decrease their time to fill from 30 days to less than five days. And, and that to, to us, that's the story we want to tell. And, and we're working on now, we're evolving it even further that we're doing hiring literally in minutes. Like from the time that someone hits the career site, they interact with the chat bot, they automatically can talk to a recruiter, they can schedule the interview. All of the data is managed and harmonized between us and their ATS. Um, and AI is managing all these different functions between personalization and interview and, and the messaging, the automated messaging that goes out before and after. And the recruiter is just totally focused on 
me and you having a conversation because that's what's really going to be important. And the data is yeah. harmonized and, and the, the experience becomes unified. And those two things are the most important things about technology, data harmonization and experience unification. When you achieve that is, that's providence, right? That's the sweet spot. And in order to do that, I mean, at Phenom, one of the things that makes us different is we've built all of these tools and capabilities and features in our platform, and they're all interconnected. They all talk to each other. And then, then they're talking to the ATS and, and the HCM, and they're delivering the data that those systems need to run. And it, it just happens. It's like it's a using Netflix or Spotify or Waze. Like, no one asks how those systems work. You just yeah. assume they're doing the right thing. And by the way, they are. But behind mm -hmm. it is this massive engineering and machine learning network. And that's what we've built at Phenom. It is very similar to what those other companies have done. And, and frankly, we modeled what we do off of what they built because consumers love those experiences. Yes. Companies love those experiences because they're, they're, they're engaging and they're getting the data that they need to evolve their organization. One of the things you, you shared in there, the story about when we did this thing as a company, we realized some, some efficiency. We then poured that time back into better relationship building, more communication, more interaction. And what's fun is we have some new research this year. I've asked that question, by the way, for two or three years and no one else, I couldn't find it anywhere. So this year we asked the question, some more research and we found the exact same thing. Those companies that are using automation, that are using bots, they're using other AI-based tools within their hiring function. They're, they're not saying, okay, Sayonara, sayonara to all you recruiters. No, it's, we need you now to go and spend more time sourcing, more time communicating, more time engaging with your hiring managers. So you build better relationships there so we can serve our candidates better when you're working together instead of doing this headbutting thing all the time. So we saw in the research, some of the same kind of things. That is, golly, that's so, that's so neat. Awesome. Okay. I had one more question for you. And Right now, I'm, I'm completely blanking on what it even was. Goodness, I'm, I'm having so much fun over here. I'm taking notes and writing things down. And the uh, 4 billion thing you shared a minute ago, I was trying to think about, I was thinking about my time as a recruiter and how hard it was to try to figure out who's the right person with this limited amount of information. I've got this much information about someone. It's whatever I can process in that resume and pick up from clues and whatever else I can find. But I'm seeing this narrow sliver of the bigger person and I'm making my judgment based on that. And to see that you can compare, Phenom can compare this person against this universe of candidates that are out there and really say, hey, this, this person looks good on paper, but they don't, they don't compare to these other 2,000 people we found over here. And to be able to really give you some insight like that, I think that just helps us to be more confident, to be more comfortable long-term with the decisions that we're being helped with. It's not doing the work for us. Again, it's giving us insights that we can use then to make our decisions. I just think that's a really powerful place to be. And it's enabling all this stuff. One of the leaders I talked to recently said, we don't talk about this stuff, automating things, because that can be scary or worrisome. We talk about it, streamlining the process and pulling those things out that none of us really love anyway, and allowing us to spend the time on those things that, that we really do enjoy. As a recruiter, you talked earlier, how do we how do we talk about our culture in a way and the values that we have as a company in a way that really connects with that candidate on a deeper level? How do we do those kinds of things? If you're churning away at these other busy work tasks, you never quite get to do that, right? Well, I think, yeah. And I'll give you a really good example. When you talk about the, it's the intimidation factor of bringing all these automations in, and we have literally countless examples that, that we can provide of one really simple use case, which is 
going into an enterprise ATS and looking at three on, three, on average, it's somewhere with the clients that we work with anywhere between 50,000 and say 350, 400,000 applicant profiles that they've gathered over the last two, three, four years, whatever it might be. Well, on our platform, one of the things we do a rediscovery on that data and we average, depending on the size of the organization, the number of roles that they're looking to fill, but it averages somewhere between 15 and 35% of their new hires come from data that they already have, but they have no way to access. So this is unlocking this data that they've gathered over years through an automation and saying, we're going to look at that rediscovery process and we're going to fill at a bare minimum 15% of your new hires. And for some of our clients, it's as much as 30, 35% of their new hires are coming from data that is, it, they're sitting on it. It's a gold mine. That's the incredible. other piece is we look at traffic to the career site experiences and the tools that you use. And so when, when we, when a, a company works with us and we are able to um, take over that career site experience and we have a chat bot on there and we have some other personalization tools that exist. We look at on average, the number of visitors to a career site. And for a lot of our clients, I'll just use an average of 50 to 75,000 uh, visitors a month to a career site. And if you're working with an ATS, you're not capturing that lead generation. You don't, you have no idea who's hitting your career site. We'll do a visualization of that to say, do you realize, and, and I'm in Philly, so I'll use the link where the Eagles play as an example, about 60,000 people go there. And I will say, look, you're filling the link in Philadelphia every month with people that are knocking on your door and say, I want to work there. Show me what you got. And nobody's answering it. What if we could open that door for you, invite them in, have them sit down, show them a personalized experience, make it really engaging. And the difference is they, that when candidates find value in that experience, they will give you their data. They want to because they want a better job. They want better work. They want to be get work that they're passionate about. So take the traffic you already have, just engage them better. The point here is this, the, the, it's not a war for talent. I really, that's a phrase that does not accurately describe what we're doing. It's a race to engage. And, and those that engage better, faster are going to win the day on both sides, both the talent, the individuals that possess these skills and experiences that we need and the recruiters and leaders of these organizations that are looking to connect with those individuals. Like it's a race to engage. And when you think of it that way, it starts to make sense why automation is such an important part of that equation. I love that example. And that's a great way for us to get into the end and wrap this one up. I have enjoyed this so much. I've got so many good notes over here and good ideas and things like that. Again, I'm going to flash that up on screen, but you call it out audibly. If someone wants to participate in this, I know they're, the seats are actually limited. You're, this isn't a free-for-all. There's a certain number of seats available for this event. So go ahead and share that one more time so people can join. Yeah, so it's going to be December 9th. And if you go to ai.phenom.com, super easy registration. It is limited, but get in there. There's still some open. We'd love to have you and really learn about how AI is transforming, innovating, and evolving talent acquisition and talent retention and get some really good real-life examples of how our clients are successfully using this technology. Wonderful. Thank you so much for helping us cut through the hype and get to 
the nuts and bolts of how it works as much as we can explain in this format here without a whiteboard and some other stuff. And also for sharing the real practical stories and examples too. I love how that makes this come to life for people. And that's what I keep hearing from those in the audience. Like they enjoy that more than anything else because it's easy for someone to talk about future state possibilities, all those things. When you say someone is doing it and here's how it works and here's the benefit they're getting, that makes it really concrete. So thank you so much, Cliff, for joining us. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, Ben, and I look forward to the next time we meet. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. I hope all of you join, that joined us today actually enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. That was so much fun. Obviously, I, I love the AI stuff because I've written the book on it and a new version of the book's coming out very soon in about a month. And so this is such a fun conversation, but it's also easy to get caught up in the hype if you're one of those that just loves the new stuff. It's also easy to get scared and worried because you read a headline and let's stay away from that forever. And the truth is somewhere in between, usually. And as we heard from Cliff today, there are some really great stories and examples of how these things are working right now and solving problems for employers. So I hope you'll go check out ai.phenom.com. Check out AI Day. They're doing some really good stuff over there. They're an award winner in our program. So I can't give them a high enough recommendation to for you to go spend a little time over there and learn some more. Get yourself really engaged in that. I'll tell you one last thing before I wrap it up. I had a chance this week to speak on a panel alongside the head of people analytics and artificial intelligence for a company called Airmark. They have hundreds of thousands of employees and he was super nice guy, very smart. And one of the things that came out of that conversation, he was sharing it and stuck with me. He said, this AI stuff, you can either say that's all hype and just turn your back to it. Or you can say, I don't know if I, what I believe, I don't know what it's going to do. I'm not sure about that. And you're going to lean into it and try to understand, educate yourself. If you are worried about your job and the future and those things, he said, it's not much to worry about because he works closely with it and he can see what it can do, but also the limits of what it can do. It's not going to replace us. And we heard that from Cliff today too. So if you're worried about those things, spend some time educating yourself. Don't just turn your back on it. Don't put your head in the sand. Just don't miss a chance to really read the benefits not just to your team, but to your company and to the people you're serving as well. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.